Welcome to another episode of the Single Over 30 podcast. Today is going to be a different kind of episode because I'm going to be talking about grieving. Now, when I say that, you might be thinking, wait a minute, I don't even want to listen to this episode because I am in the throes of grief about my dating and relationship life. I thought love was going to happen for me a lot earlier in my life, or I thought that divorce wasn't going to happen, or that my husband wasn't going to pass away. So I am in the throes of grief right now, and just talking about it, I don't even know if I want to go there. But I do want to give you some hope before I get started and some encouragement. Grieving is one of those things that I have learned through coaching and through my own personal story that it's totally necessary for us to be open to new love and a new way of dating so that love can surprise you. It's a really important ingredient in our love life and in our personal lives over the age of 30 and into our 40s, 50s, or 60s. So I invite you to Stay tuned, and I'm going to share about grieving your lost ideal love life so that love can surprise you. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Single Over 30 Podcast with dating and relationship coach, Shanna Schutte. Shanna's here to help you find a trustworthy, marriage-minded man who will love and adore you. You're Shanna. It can be so disappointing when you feel that love should happen in your life a certain way by a certain time, and it doesn't happen that way at all. And not only can it be disappointing, but it can feel so soul-shattering. Maybe you can relate. You thought things would go this way, then you wake up one morning and you realize that the years have come and gone, and your deepest dreams and desires for romance have not been fulfilled, and you doubt that they will be fulfilled now. You think too much time has passed, my vision of a fairytale life has flown away with the ticking of the clock, and the dream romance that you thought that you would have when you were young is replaced by the painful reality that finding him feels so much more complicated than you could have ever imagined. And maybe you thought, why didn't somebody tell me that it was going to be this way? Why didn't someone tell me that it wouldn't just happen like the movies or like my aunt told me? Why didn't anybody tell me that modern dating requires a gentle balance between being open and having your heart open and being thick skinned? Because that's something that you didn't want to do because having an open heart was all that you thought that you would need. Why didn't anybody tell you that finding a man wasn't going to be easy like graduating from kindergarten or buying a bag of potato chips? I mean, after all, maybe you thought your life and your love life was going to be a straight shot to love like a bullseye. Bam, you're in love, you're getting married, just like that just like you thought it would happen. But then as the years pass, grief becomes a part of your story as it does for a whole lot of women, and I went through it too, as they enter their late 30s and early 40s. You're grieving all that you thought your life was going to be. Maybe you thought you would marry young, have a family, and live out your life in wedded bliss, but it hasn't happened that way. Or maybe you're grieving that the marriage that you thought was for life turned into you signing your name on an ex indicating that your marriage was dissolved by divorce. Or maybe you're grieving that your husband ran off to heaven without you. He passed away earlier than expected. This is no small grief, and none of these life situations are insignificant. But there's good news. Please hear me. My personal experience and coaching thousands of women has taught me that grieving is a part of the inside work, inside of you, that's necessary to find love over 30. 
It's hard emotional work, but it's very, very important work when it comes to finding lasting good love. Most often, though, the work of grief is completed over time. It's not something that's done in a moment or an hour or a week or a month. Instead, it's kind of like peeling an onion because it takes time to work through the feelings of loss that you have. Because losing the dream of love the way you wanted it to happen is loss. It's a lost dream. But without grief, it's impossible to let go of the story that you wrote for yourself when you were a young woman in your teens or 20s. Without letting go, there isn't any way to embrace a new way to date, a new way to let love into your life, and new standards whereby you choose love. Grieving means letting go of the way that you thought love should be and the way that you thought it should happen to you so that love can surprise you in a new, profound, deep, and pleasant way. But holding on to your ideas of what you think romance should look like will hold you back from having your heart's longings fulfilled. Let me repeat that again. When you hold on to your ideas of what you think romance should look like, it can hold you back from having your heart's longings fulfilled. When relational perfectionism causes women to hold on to what they thought their lives would look like, it squashes the unfolding flower of love before it ever starts to bloom. When we expect our love lives to unfold in a certain way, when we expect a man to be a certain way, when we expect him to look a certain way, when we say how we will or will not engage in dating, he has to live in this town, he has has to be a certain height, or share all of my same interests, for example, we put a stranglehold on the flower of love and squash it. Now you might be thinking, wait a minute, Jana, don't I have to have standards? Absolutely, yes. By all means, I teach my clients that they should hold on to the things that matter most for a good, healthy, loving, long-term relationship. And you should have deal breakers. So grieving and letting go doesn't mean you let go of all of your standards, and it certainly doesn't mean you settle. Instead, it means that you make space in your heart for true love by letting go of what you thought love should look like for you so that love could surprise you. You don't negotiate on the things that really matter, but on everything that doesn't have anything to do with long-term love, you let go and you let love surprise you. I know what it's like because I got married at 46 to grieve the loss of your ideal love and how it would happen. And shortly after I turned 40, like a lot of women, I felt the grief of singleness like never before. And I wrote something in my journal that I would like to share with you. I wrote, it's six months after my 40th birthday. Loneliness looms over me like a cloud that is ready to rain. Today, I went to the grocery store and looked at the left hands of everyone that walked by. Most were wearing wedding rings. They had someone to hold last night. I ache for physical touch and emotional intimacy. Every day that goes by past the big 4-0, I wonder more and more if I will ever marry. Should I resign myself to living like a nun the rest of my life? Will the single life be all I know until I die? What do I do with my desires? Do I resign myself to the fact that I can have a career but I can't have a man? Do I throw myself into my work to make up for my longing? Maybe it would be easier to deny my heart. After all, I know what it's like to shut down desire. I've done it before. I stop watching chick flicks because they prick at something deep inside of me. When I watch two lovers kiss, it's almost more than my heart can stand. I start watching dramas and documentaries. I focus my attention on the news, earning a living, my career, traveling, and socializing with a wide circle of friends. These are the areas in which I feel competent. But in my most transparent and honest moments, I wonder if anyone will really see the beauty inside me. 
I don't want to be desperate, so I put my longings in a closet and only let them out at night when no one can see. Tears stain my pillow, and I only allow small, controlled bits of my ache to show in public. During this intense season of longing that I experienced, I cried. It felt like nonstop for about two weeks with the recognition that I wasn't going to have my own children and that my dreams weren't panning out the way that I wanted. It just kind of slapped me in the face around this time that I turned 40. But good news, these tears were not without purpose because all of them were the beginning of deep grief for me that led to deep love. Again, without the grief, I would have never found true love. Now, why do I say that? Because grief adjusted me on the inside and made me ready to receive my wonderful husband, who is more than I could have imagined and exactly the kind of guy that I was looking for, but he had something in his life that caused me to pause. When we met, he had five almost grown children, and being a part of a blended family was not part of my plan. You may have heard me talk about this before. In fact, not only was it not part of my plan, but it was something that I had vowed that I would never do. So prior to grieving and really feeling that ache for love, I would have still been holding on to my 20-year-old ideas. I mean, the ideas that I had when I was 20 years old. I would have had too many rules that didn't really matter when it came to what really mattered in a relationship. So often we're holding on to things and ideals that we had years ago, but time has passed and an adjustment is needed in order to find love. But I want you to hear me out on this. It's not that grief cheated me by causing me to settle. By the time I got married and said that I would marry, I was okay with the family thing. On the contrary of feeling cheated, it adjusted my expectations to receive the good, good gift of love that surprised me in a way I could have never anticipated. I was surprised by how it all happened for me and how it all unfolded, and it happened that way because my hands were open. Now, my love story didn't unfold the way that I imagined in my younger years, but on this side of the wedding altar, I'm at peace with that and even grateful. I've received new family members that I now deeply love, and I have grown and I've been stretched in all kinds of ways, and it's made me a better person. When I was starting to see my husband when I was 43, the grief that I just described when I walked past everyone at the grocery store came up again. Because the reality of me marrying into a blended family was something that I had to grapple with. Now, when Clark came into my life, I had to face the reality that a whole lot of years had passed and I was never going to get those years back. I was never going to marry young, have babies, and grow up with my husband. Those years were gone. I could never get them back and I could never go back. No matter how much, I shouted at the sky and told God, I want you to turn back the clock. I want you to make it so I don't make those relationship mistakes again, I want you to fix it. Now, of course, none of those things would be possible, but my sentiments, what they did is that they revealed the depth of my grief. I knew I needed to move past it and let go. So grief was beckoning me to grow, expand, and become prepared on the inside for true love that didn't fit my picture of how I thought it was going to happen. I needed to make some inside changes so that I could experience love. 
One afternoon, I made an appointment with a counselor to face the grief and disappointment of my life not turning out how I thought it would, head on. I knew I needed to face it. So as I sat in the counselor's office, I said, I know what I'm grappling with. It's grief. The grief of not marrying young and not having children. And now I'm seeing a man who has five almost grown kids, and he's wonderful, and he's so good to me. He's my best friend. But the reality of where I am in life is hitting me in the face, and I'm hurting. And the counselor, she carefully and gently talked with me about grief. And then I asked her, how do I not become consumed by it, by this grief of my life not turning out the way that I wanted it to? And she said something that was so good. She said, Shanna, grieving doesn't mean you say, I'm so happy that I didn't marry earlier. I'm so glad that I haven't had kids. I'm so glad that it turned out the way that it did. But instead, it's a way of saying, I accept what has happened in my life. I embrace it. She also invited me to write letters to myself, to God, to the child I would never hold, and I did so. And it was very healing, and it brought me out into a wide open and spacious emotional place. So a first step to receive the surprise of love over 30, 40, 50, or 60 is to acknowledge what you've lost. Acknowledge the hurt of lost dreams, the pain of love denied, rejection. Acknowledge hope dashed, and maybe the men who haven't cherished you. It's time to grieve the poor choices that maybe you've made, like I made tons of them, that have led you to where you are. It's time to grieve the men who haven't treated you well. It's time to grieve because in grieving and letting go, you can make space for a good man to come into your life in the same way that I made space for Clark, who's an awesome guy, to come into my life. Through grief, a new love story can be written for you. Through my singleness and the happy marriage that I have now, I've learned that acceptance of the reality of time past and where I am in life or where you are in life doesn't mean accepting less than. Instead, what it means is giving space for redemption to happen in your love life in a way you hadn't even imagined. So for example, I'm a grandma now. I am a grandmother to three cute littles who call me grandma, and I would have never been their grandma had I not gotten married to Clark. So when you open up your hands, you can be surprised by love. It means letting go of control while still holding on to your non-negotiable standards that do matter, like what I talked about. After that first counseling session, as I pulled out of the parking lot, I yelled, God, I feel cheated. I wanted to have my own family. And then I heard a still small voice that I had heard before, a thought in my mind, and it said, the only reason you feel cheated is because you do not understand my plan. And that moment was filled with good grief that led me into the future, like I said, with open hands so I could receive love. My life wasn't turning out the way I imagined, but I was learning to let go and trust what I couldn't control. I also learned that just because your romantic story like I'd mentioned a minute ago, doesn't turn out like you thought it would, it doesn't mean that it cannot be amazing. So for me, grieving meant letting go of the idea that I thought I would marry young. Grieving meant letting go of the idea that I would have children. Grieving meant letting go of the idea that I would marry a man who'd been married before. Now, this doesn't mean your journey of grief has to look like mine. It doesn't mean you won't have kids. It doesn't mean that you will marry a man who's been married before. It doesn't mean that it will look like my story because everyone's journey of grief is different. But grieving is necessary over 30, 40, 50, 60 so that your idea 
of how your story, of how you thought your story should be written, can be rewritten into something beautiful. I've seen this happen over and over again with women who have married later in life or married again later in life. One of my good friends, she married a man whose wife had passed away, and he has four children. A couple of them are still living at home. And my friend has found a joy that she couldn't have imagined, taking these boys under her wing and loving on them. She has found her sweet spot, and she has found her family. So if you haven't done the important work of grieving what's been lost, I invite you to do so. I invite you to sit down, make a list of what you lost, what has broken your heart, so that you can open your heart to a good future with love. I hope this has been encouraging to you. If you are ready to find your mister and tie the knot and you are tired of wasting time in your dating life, I've got something special that I want to share with you. It's my signature program, Finding Mr. Right. It's everything you need to know to attract and create a loving relationship with a trustworthy, marriage-minded man. In this program, I am going to help you increase your confidence or develop your confidence, attract a great guy, so you're going to learn all about men and what they need. And then also I'm going to help you develop a great relationship. We're going to work closely together for about 30 weeks. And every week I'm going to give you a new training. And I'm also going to show you how to meet men, not just offline, but online as well. I'm also going to give you a bunch of bonuses. And you'll also get instant access to the answers for hundreds of dating and relationship questions inside of my coaching archives. And if you need it, you can come into group coaching sessions with me a couple times a month to get your questions about dating and relationships answered live. You can also receive support inside of the private Finding Mr. Right Facebook group. So this program is normally valued at $1,200, but you can get started today for just $27 and get access to all of the things that I just mentioned. I'm so excited about this and I hope that you will join me to check it out and learn more. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes. I am so excited about this and I hope that you will join me inside of my Finding Mr. Right program. Remember that the dream that you have to love and be loved is possible, even if it looks a little different than what you originally thought. And as we close, also remember to keep it sunny. I'll see you next time. Keep it sunny, please.